Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, you know, we've got towards we've got to the end of the Women in Property series and so Helen and I we got together and we decided to have a little chat and uh, to review how the series went and what we observed and what the learnings and key takeaways were. So what you're going to hear over these two weeks is a two-parter because we talk too much, <laughs> uh, which aims to do that, essentially. It aims to go over what's happened over the last uh, 12 weeks or so with the guests that we had on the podcast and just try and pick out some of the key elements and the key learnings and summarize those for you um, for you here. So we're going to hopefully uh, address most of the guests. I think uh, afterwards we recognize that we didn't necessarily name everybody personally, but we're going to make sure over the uh, over the two weeks that we actually make, make sure everybody who appeared on the podcast gets a name check um, as they so richly deserve that. But let's get into the uh, into the into the conversation that Helen and I had right now, and I'll be back to uh, to summarise shortly. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with property chatter. Well, Helen, are you there? First of all. Richard, I'm here. <laughs> I actually knew you would be because I just hit record after we were chatting for 10 minutes, but, you know, for dramatic effect. Indeed. <laughs> welcome, welcome. It's um, it's a momentous occasion because it's the end uh, of the Women in Property series on the Property Voice podcast. How did that happen? It's gone really quickly. <laughs> has has flown by, hasn't it? So I reckon it's pl- approximately... 12 weeks well it's 12 guests um it's probably actually more like 14 weeks when we include the top and tail that we did have mm. you had have you had some fun i have I've had loads of fun and it's been such a pleasure speaking to such a wide variety of women in property and i think as as we um we've talked uh, about before in areas of property that you might not expect yeah, we, we remember going, if we cast our minds back to the intro that we did recorded together, which was very close to um, International Women's Day, I think, mm. um, we we were speculating, weren't we, as to what the series might hold and what any any biases that were confirmed, any myths that would be busted. Um, it didn't go uh, exactly as we expected it to, did it? We, we got some different insights yeah. and perspectives, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think uh, one of the biggest um, takeaways for me has been that this group of women were incredibly diverse and it is quite hard to generalise about any group of people. So, yeah, we've um, definitely found out a a lot of good stuff, um, but not necessarily what we were expecting. No, I totally agree with you. And um I know you being you, Helen, will be pretty organized and prepared coming into this conversation. Um, it's funny oh, you should say that. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> you might just about have a list or something that we can perhaps 
structure our conversation around. Would that would that be about right? Guilty as charged. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad one of us is that organised because I'm just going to go see to the pan stuff and um, and and just go with the flow. And uh, but I think uh, it's good that one of us is structured and organised. And thank you for being so. <laughs> so pleasure. Um, what I reckon is we should probably work through your your little list there and uh, and have a little chat about the points that you raise and see where it takes us. Great. Let's do that. So shall I, shall I kick off with point number one? I think you should. Absolutely. Okay. So I think the first thing that struck me when I was looking back over the series was how many of our women in property have finance backgrounds? And hmm. uh, there were several of them. I think Tara, Nicole, Carolina, Jackie, um, and even those that didn't necessarily have a, a business, uh, sorry, a, a a finance background, many of them mentioned how important it was to understand the finance and you know the money effectively and, and how money flows and they talked about the importance of cash flow. Um, so yeah, that was um, pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I'd agree and, and Lisa as well, of course, with her mortgages mm. and a forensic science approach. And me feeling slightly embarrassed about not being always 100% organized in every area. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, understand it's, it's a surprise really because basically property is an asset class. Okay, It's an investment. Mm -hmm. So in, I guess it, when you really think about it, you, you should have a good understanding of money and finance if you're going to get involved in such a thing. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right there. Um, but the difference with, with property is that we have an emotional investment to property that people just don't have to stocks and shares, say. And I think that's where the difference lies and why people sometimes go into property thinking, I know this stuff. You know, I, I own a home. I've done up a home. Um, and... So I don't need to know about this in the same way as I would say stocks and shares and understand how the money flows. But that's not right. It is just another asset class and we should approach it in the same way. Mm. And, and of course, the other thing with businesses, you know, sometimes you, you do you can associate and um, connect with some businesses through, say, their brand and mm. uh, and their ethos and their values. And maybe we'll come on to that part later. But. So there's that kind of connection. The other thing is, um, it is you know it is a business operation mm -hmm. fundamentally. You know that you know whether it's a retail business or a logistics business or whatever any other kind of business for that matter. With property, I'm not sure that people necessarily approach it from as a business. And, no. Um, but actually, pretty well all of the the women that we spoke to, they seem to right. Right. Absolutely right. And which kind of takes on quite nicely to um, the importance of due diligence. Uh, <laughs> which oh, is I reckon you're taking us to the number point number two there. <laughs> yes, that's point number two on my list. Fair enough. So, and I guess those two are really closely linked, aren't they? Do your due diligence, 
make sure that everything stacks up, whether that's the finances or the people you're working with, um, your plan for how you'll run your operation after a project's completed, whatever it might be. But it's all the same. You need to approach property in a really business-like fashion because it because it is a business. Yes, it's you know I totally agree. I think being professional, you know, and and being mm. business-like um, was a running thread. And I'd, I agree that the whole research and due diligence um, point came out many many times through <laughs> most of the guests, if not all. And I think um, probably the reason for that again is. You're dealing with large sums of money, large transaction values. So um, often there is also debt, you know, mortgages, bridging finance, and, and the like. So there's, mm. you know, it's a big responsibility that uh, that comes with that. And of course, you're also, you know, you're dealing with people, not just one person, a multitude of people. Whether it's uh, tenants to occupy, um, trades to work on agents to buy sell um, property manage for you etc so it's it's only right with uh, with that in, in point, um, you know case in point that you do have a good eye on doing thorough research and due diligence totally agree mm-hmm. I know um, lovely Rupal Patel um, talks about things like understanding good debt and bad debt mm-hmm. and Anna Harper talked about um, transaction quality and making sure that every transaction you make is a high quality one. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and we and Nicole talked about cycles, didn't she? Um, mm. You know, and the current um, low, if you like, in the London market. And Lisa, on the other hand, talked about mm. the long term, big picture, and the value of um, one. I think we'll probably get to this later, maybe in more detail. But one planning for that long term view. But two, also, um, not necessarily being so precious to hold on to all of your property assets forever. Yeah, it was, um, uh, I guess, um, quite refreshing to hear someone say, don't be fixated on on holding on to your whole portfolio. You know, if you need to sell one for cash flow um, or to enable you to do other things, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And don't feel bad about it. I don't think we hear that very often. No, I mean, um, you know, the, the mantra seems to be never sell. Mm. Um, so I think Lisa, you know, put that, explained that really well, that, you know, all of us will eventually run out of cash for deposits, etc. if we're going to go in that traditional buy-to-let style financing route. Um Typically, it's, you need 30% of the property value to get involved in a buy-to-let transaction. And if the average house price in the UK is somewhere uh, above £200,000, that's quite a significant chunk of money uh, for each single deal if you do it that way. So I think what she was mm-hmm. saying is, you know, don't be afraid to sell one on, flip one on, take a profit, and that can boost your pot for another investment. So very sound advice. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Lisa should know, being a, a mortgage advisor and all. Yeah, so, I mean, Tara started that way as well, didn't she? She, um, she, as she mentioned, she saw someone in, in the bank branch mm. who she saw that looked up to as a role model and, and, and something to aspire to, didn't she? Um, she did. And um, I know that's another potential recurring theme here. It is, and, and I guess... Um, 
well, that brings us on quite nicely <laughs> to um, educating yourself and getting knowledge and perhaps that, you know, Tara, by becoming um, a, a mortgage advisor, uh, went down that route and, and it, it informed her in such a way that she was then able to um, start her own property business and replace her full-time income pretty pretty quickly um and uh, lisa also yeah trained decided to train as a mortgage advisor and the rest is history i think it's fair to say there yeah and i think um nicole also one of her recommendations was to get kind of educated wasn't it mm. um, yeah. go ahead yeah now so yeah i was just going to say um some people might have been surprised to hear Nicole recommend that women considering going into property perhaps do a, a RIC surveying course, um, which would make them stand out and give them such an amazing uh, broad base of knowledge, which they could take into a property business. Yeah, I think the education theme was, was another occurrence, whether that's education with a capital E, you know, Anna Harper's <laughs> RICS accredited degree. Um, mm. Nicole's suggestion of getting the the RICS uh, formal uh, qualification, um, obviously um, uh, Tara, of course, getting the uh, mortgage uh, qualifications, and, and indeed Lisa. So that's the capital E bit I'm referring to. But there was a there was a lowercase e as well. I remember, for example, RuPaul talking about um, you know mucking in effectively, learning trades, you know, watching YouTube videos how to do things plastering walls and fitting pipes i guess um so that she could feel on the next project um better equipped to relate and deal with tradespeople. yes i could Im i could imagine that that's the case and i know from my own experience um i worked um in pr for um a large chain of um building builders and plumbing merchants so you know what I don't know about boilers, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can probably write on something very small. Oh, so I, um, I, I know in my own life um, that actually knowing a bit a, a bit or two about um, central heating, boilers, etc., has stood me in really good stead. And if you're working with trades on a project then it's going to help you so much to actually know what you're talking about to some degree. You, know, you don't need to be an expert, but I think um, having a good basic knowledge um, is going to be really helpful. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think also just to continue this theme about education, it doesn't apply. It isn't, sorry, not restricted just purely to the property angle. I think also mm. to the business angle. So, uh, for example, I remember ja Jackie, uh, I can probably – put myself into that position where she said she she would try something and it wouldn't work and then almost break down in tears and then have this conversation mm. with her partner at the end of the week and you know get sort of um, put, brought back into shape as it were and then try something else and and, and eventually it would work so there was a sort of a learn by doing um, approach mm. that she was coming out with but certainly an education nonetheless so um, anyway I think we're probably agreeing aren't we that education was a recurring theme in one shape or form definitely and i think every single one of our guests mentioned the importance of networking 
of finding mentors to uh, to support you, to, to shadow people, and also just you know you've mentioned there with the, with Jackie and uh, and her husband, you need to have support at home as well. Yeah, this the idea of support came over, didn't it, in a couple of different distinctive ways. I think you've just hit the nail on the head about support at home being one of them. And of course, mm. support, you know, generally in the business being another one and uh, maybe with uh, mentors or coaches, shadows, etc. Uh, on the business front. But at home, almost all of the um, guests you know, were grateful and thankful towards the support they had from a partner in the most part, weren't they? They were. And I think many of them said that, you know, it wouldn't be possible without the support of their partner. And particularly those our guests who were mums, uh, you know, childcare is, <laughs> is really tricky, particularly if you're self-employed, um, flexible childcare is worth its weight in gold. So it's not only partners, but also potentially, uh, you know, grandparents um, and and childminders as well, all play a role in, in enabling these women um, who are mothers to, to have a successful property business. But it's the same for, for any kind of self-employment, really. Yeah, I agree. And some of some of the women we spoke to, they they even talked about, you know, that could could it be could they have it all? Is it perfect? Mm. Uh, what are the trade offs and sacrifices? Um, we had a little chat before the chat, didn't we? I remember. We um, I think was it Olga who was sharing? I think it was Olga who shared that she took her children to a meeting, um, and you know left them in the foyer of a hotel while she took the meeting in I don't know the, the cafe or or a meeting room or something. Um, mm. that's what she needed to do yeah she, she talked about it being um, you know you can have it all but not necessarily in a perfect way that's it and I think uh, I mentioned to you earlier I once um, had no choice but to do um, a, a viewing on a rent to rent property that I was considering with my nine-month-old son in tow, um, and thankfully he wasn't walking at that point, so I had him in a kind of carrier and he couldn't run around. But I, I for whatever reason, I can't remember why now, couldn't get childcare. Um, but we made it work, and I, I made um, a, I made a good relationship with that landlord, and and I actually still do some work for him now. So. Yeah, and, and between you and me, and I haven't got permission to share the name of the person who shared this story with me, so I'll just share the story. <laughs> um, but I had a chat with uh, one of our guests subsequently who also talked about taking a young child, very young infant, to a meeting with a bank manager and actually had to breastfeed as well during the course of the meeting. So um, she said the bank manager took it took it in the stride and it was all, it was all good, but <laughs> I guess it just shows really that's something that you, as a man you don't always have to deal with let's say so it's um no and, and it can't wait you know it's like if that baby needs feeding that baby needs feeding yeah but I guess um <laughs> the uh, a lot of the women we're talking about I mean you you had an idea didn't you about um property being potentially a perfect business for um, for someone who's looking for a flexible working ar arrangement, including mm. um, women with children, mothers. 
But that wasn't always borne out by all of our guests, was it? No, that's true. I mean, yeah, I still I guess it depends which aspects of property you're working in. Um, But I I guess I was thinking from that kind of orthodox managing or running a portfolio of of, uh, rental properties or service accommodation properties or whatever it might be. Um, But, yeah, I think some of our um, guests did not feel that that was the case. And I know... um, that um, I think for Olga and also for, for Anne Timpany, they were working quite a lot of hours. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, I, it wasn't necessarily uh, right for everyone. Yeah, and I think that's another recurring theme because we had different people with different takes on all matters, for that matter, for, mm-hmm. for example. Um, you know, there, for example, um, I'm trying to think of a very, very precise one. Um, I think Caroline, uh, was it Carolina in particular? Um, yeah, Carolina, for example, she started out wanting to be a property developer, but mm. ultimately flipped to become a service provider to property developers. So um, you, you can, it isn't necessarily the case that you have to invest directly in bricks and mortar to have mm-hmm. a career and earn a living and generate wealth even through property you know you can have a, a different interest and roughly half of our guests have either actively involved in a uh, a business affiliated to property not necessarily directly investing in property or have gone mm. on um to to pursue alternative businesses and interests uh, along the way yeah i guess that you've got to do what's what's right for you and and your situation and um mm. Yeah, I think uh, Carolina discovered that actually her passion uh, was for um, interior design and how could she take her experience of um, property investment and make this interior design business work better uh, for the the property sector? And I think that's great. Mm, Totally agree. And just something is sort of sticking in my mind. I'm, I'm probably blowing your list to pieces, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, because um, my mind's wandering and I've got all sorts of ideas. So you can you can bring us back and tick them off mentally as we go, and I'm sure that'd be fine. But the other thing that did occur to me was about balance, <clears throat> and uh, when we were just chatting about you know balance with home life. But I remember distinctly Anna Harper, who we who was our last guest, talking mm. about the fact she actually got ill. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm not sure you probably remember better than me if other of our guests did talk about that. But knowing where to set mm. boundaries and limits and look mm. after ourselves, I think, came up more than once. Definitely. It definitely did. Um, I think Tara Coley also talked a lot about self-care and, and creating balance and yeah, maintaining those boundaries in in your life because yeah, I think it's and it's I think this holds true for any form of self employment. It's not just property. Um, the the boundaries between your kind of home life and your working life can become so blurred. 
And I know, for example, I know myself, I'm kind of trying to limit the amount of time that I work weekends and evenings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you, you just end up being burnt out and exhausted and, and finding it hard to truly relax, particularly if you work from home. Um, I think it's it can be, you know, your life feels the same no matter what time of the day it is or and I think yeah you have to maintain those boundaries especially if you want to do the best job you can both at your work and at you know your home life being a a good partner and and uh and being a mum in the way you would like to be I mean there's lots of blurred lines now and I don't mean in the way the song meant um (laughs) you know about between home you know and work and other you know social parts of our lives I mean Mm. I was just walking down the to the shops to get some lunch you know I had my phone you know on me and I was checking for stuff that I could deal with as I was walking to the shop to get some lunch you know it's constant it's constant or it can be unless we do set some limits so um, mm. That was just a very simple, practical example, but um, I'm sure it's multiplied. <clears throat> excuse me, especially if you have happen to have um, family responsibilities. Definitely, yes. Mm. Um, but I guess I, I know that um, several of our guests also mentioned loving being in control of their own destiny, and and I guess that's the thing. O- although. Um, working in your own business and you know your perhaps your own property business the 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 boundaries can become blurred ultimately you are in control of them so it's up to us I think to to work out what those boundaries should be and enforce them which kind of leads on nicely to um, something that um, Tara Coley one of our guests said which was um that her kind of top advice for uh women i don't think only in property but women entrepreneurs was to learn to ask for what you want and learn how to say no as well Mm. um yeah women are brought up to be often we're often brought up as women to be people pleasers so that can be quite hard. I mean, I, I remember actually when we spoke to Anna recently, or it certainly aired recently, that um, when you asked that question, she, I think she was probably prepared to go, there is no difference between gender, we are equal. Uh, you know, I, I, know, I know Anna, where Anna's coming from. She's, you know, mm. strong, independent, and, and a very talented young woman. And so she would probably not want to go down the route of, there may be a difference, but she accepted, didn't she? There could be, I think she pointed to anthropological reasons as to the difference potentially between the sexes and mm. uh, uh, being more willing to accommodate, you know, from a woman's point of view. So, um, yeah. And do you know, even uh, I, I wonder how much of this stuff is kind of nature and how much is nurture. And I, I do think there are some, some things like that that are often, nature because I see it in my I have a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son and my daughter has always been quite amenable whereas my son you know you'll ask him to do something and he'll just say no I don't want to um whereas my daughter would you know she just doesn't approach life in that way no I don't want to um (laughs) 
So, yeah, I've, I think I've seen with my own eyes and I've been quite surprised because I thought before I had children, so much of this stuff was nurture rather than nature. But having now had this um, this boy child come into my life three years ago, um, I, I, I think so, loads of it is, is nature. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's difficult. I think we talked before, didn't we, about we can't uh, there's no one size fits all there's no necessarily common no. strand i think olga for example labels herself the woman from mars <laughs> you, know, yes. so, you know there are exceptions of course it's like very caring considerate men <laughs> mm, um, as well so but but i know what you're saying it's like um, a tendency uh, predisposition mm. perhaps so yeah i agree with you so where have i blown your list to pieces where where are we with it well, do you know what? It's the boundaries and balance what had been the next bit on the list. So you oh. were spot on there. Okay. Um, so the next um, common theme on my list is many of our guests expressed a desire to be, um, and also to others. I mean, I know um, Anna Harper is is keen to be, uh, you know, a, a role model to other um, young women. But yeah, that seemed to be a bit of a common theme, even if our um, guests didn't necessarily say that out loud. Yeah, I'm just going to say that again, because I think I I, I picked up a bit of a siren in the background and hit pause instead of mute. So I might have have knocked out a couple of seconds, but we're talking about potentially, you know, I guess being uh, role models, whether they Mm. express that or whether they just, effectively are um yeah absolutely i think um there's there's two more two wasn't there's some people who said i want to show my my children you know it's okay to dream and go after your dreams um and, and just be good citizen there's other people who wanted to do good you know through their business and had strong principles mm. and then i think the other bit i think we we just touched on uh, before is that uh, perhaps the peer recognition of being good role models so you know someone doesn't say i am a role model but they're held out to be and they're certainly acknowledged as such by people in the community so i think you know standing up for something um leading the way uh, whether it's a family or whether it's an industry uh, or amongst the peers was definitely a running theme it was i think anne um anne had won a natwest um women in business award a national award um and i know that had been um, you know immensely um appreciated by her made her feel very proud and and she was really glad that um you know she she could hold that up and show her children and but also you know be a role model to other women so yeah and especially Anne's company specializes in um, in plumbing so you probably wouldn't expect a woman to be uh, a you know a company director in that sector no you wouldn't and um, but uh, she's uh, done well and you know I, mm. I don't want to take us too too far into this route now but there was a lot of marketing skill that went into that as well but uh, maybe we'll come back to that mm. but uh, I think the whole role modeling thing, yeah, absolutely. Uh, willingly or otherwise, many of our <laughs> guests are, uh, are role modeling. They are undoubtedly. 
Um, I think maybe uh, that also takes us uh, on to the next point, perhaps. Um, We were really lucky that so many of our guests were really open and honest and were willing to share some of their mishaps as well as as their successes. And many of them mentioned that um, being in property, I guess it's it's the same for um, being in, in business generally, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster at times, and the need to be resilient uh, is definitely there. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, were there a number of different qualities and traits that you think were coming out? Resilience being one, clearly. Mm. Did you spot other ones? I think, um, yeah, being resilient, being being persistent. Um, picking yourself up and dusting yourself off you know perhaps like Jackie uh going and talking to to someone you you trust and uh getting them to give you a bit of a pep talk and finding a different tack if need be and I think certainly you know from my 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 own personal perspective um I've run my own businesses for um crikey it's um I think seven years now and it's a it's a process of of continuous evolution um you you, you never stand still you're always tweaking things and you always need to be um examining and reviewing things and deciding you know, do I pause, pivot, or persevere with this? Um, so business isn't is never straightforward. But generally, I think Lisa Orm said this that if when things are going badly, they'll probably turn out all right in the end, and you'll learn loads of stuff from you know from those difficult times. Yeah, and I think the similar um, trait was that. You know, you're never going to be perfect. Um, so you can sort of put something out there, uh, get some <laughs> feedback, and then adapt because it's going to need adapting anyway. And by the way, things will change, as you've just said, your very words. So, mm. you know, just that's the thing. Another potential trait that a lot of women may have, may fall into are trying to just make sure everything's perfect before they step out. But also that leads me into the second point there, which is that stepping mm. out, of course. And a lot of mm. our, our guests talked about courage, um, mm, being brave, to step out there in various ways. So, um, you know, there was uh, a couple of uh, name checks to the uh, to the book Lean In, for example. There were. Uh, and then stepping out. And I think um, one of the ways in which that could be made easier, um, going back to what you what you sort of said about support earlier, was uh, having a support network and in, maybe in particular having a women support network. Yeah, it certainly seemed that um, many of our guests mentioned that other women in property have been really supportive. Um, and um, that's great to hear. So, you know, if, if there are listeners who are who are wanting to to go into property in, in any way maybe that's that's definitely something they should stick on their list of things to do absolutely so mm. where are we with your list i'm just wondering halfway more than halfway 
<laughs> we are more than halfway, I think. <laughs> and we've already covered some of the bits and bobs. But I think, so you talked about courage. Mm. Now, you might be surprised that I now mention marketing and social media. Mm. But I actually think um, you need courage to properly put yourself out there. Oh, I like that link. Yeah. I think, you know, we, anyone who um, has, has put stuff out um, consistently on social media or has marketed themselves, particularly if, if it's a personal brand, so it's not, you know, a company, it, you, you are marketing yourself, um, you're going to get criticism, you're going to get negative comments or trolling, and um, you need courage to, to keep, you know, pick yourself up and keep on going. You do. Uh, and, and, you know, I can probably, so, ironically, you know what? Somebody shared with me a Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, do you know him? Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, I do. Gary V. Gary V is easier to say. Yeah. But, um, somebody shared with me a video, a talk that he gave recently. And because um, he's really big on the whole social media thing, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm. And he said, do you know how, you know, I, I, words to this effect, you know, I can't do it, Gary V. So words to this effect were, um, are you sharing 14 pieces of content every single day across seven platforms? Uh, and he said, and, and do you know how I do that? So, so first thing is, are you busy enough? Um, mm. Guilty. Second was, um, how do you deal with it when you perhaps do get a bit of negativity or, you know, someone passes a comment or it's not quite perfect. And he just literally put his fingers in his ears and he said, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's really visual because he was taught, you know, on the stage. And he said, if you yeah. say something good or you're saying something bad, I can't hear you. And and what he was saying is he just kept himself level. And so mm. he didn't get carried away with the highs and he didn't get too despondent with the lows that potentially can mm. come out of that. I know that's a guy talking, but um, it, it, it still holds true, doesn't it? You know, that um, we need that courage and we need yeah. to be able to block out the uh, the perhaps extremes that can come come our way yeah and i think it's there's um there's also there's a recognition of it, w what kind of criticism is it you know is, yeah. is someone actually trying to be helpful or, or perhaps you know could there be some justification what can i learn from that is there any way that you know i could make my business better or whatever it is um, but if if that's not the case, if it is just, um, you know. Oh, someone fat shaming or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's just bile yeah, um, and, yeah. and you can't learn anything from it. Then we have to learn to just let it go. It's difficult. I think, you know, there's been a you know trend and you just look at some of these YouTube influencers. There's I think it's been a couple of documentaries on them. And they've kind of burnt out and they really buy into or they really take hold of some of the negative criticism. And, and mm -hmm. like you, I don't mean genuine critique, feedback, which is to help yeah. you improve. I mean, you know, ugly, you know, name calling type of stuff. So it, it does take courage. I totally agree. But um, mm -hmm. on the topic of marketing and uh, social media, uh, what I was thinking is that uh, yeah, property is a business, and you mentioned right at the beginning, finance is one of those key core skills that you business mm. skills that you, we need in a property business, and marketing is another one. But what I thought I picked up 
um, certainly in the way people express themselves, was for many of our guests, at least, social media was marketing. Instead of, you know, it was it instead of being a component of it. Um, Maybe that's a bit of an oversimplification of what, you know, just overreading into what people said. But, you know, Mm. being able to market, I I wrote an article recently about what is capital. And most Mm. people think of capital as like finance, particularly, you know, mainly finance and investment. Um, But there's, there are eight forms of capital, including social capital. And so being able to build a following and, um, you know, get a brand uh, out there, yeah. personal brand or otherwise. Um, a lot of these women were doing that, weren't they? And they were they were leveraging social capital. Absolutely. I mean, as any marketer knows, um, to get someone to do business with us, they we have to move them along the the, the know, like, and trust journey. And social media. Uh, helps people along that journey much quicker. If you're sharing really valuable content um, and an insight perhaps behind the scenes of your business or your life, then people feel like they know you. Um, and that can that can help um, to shorten then the, the kind of sales process. So yeah, I think uh, a lot of our guests were savvy social media users. But I think, you know, they're right. Uh, social media is so important now. A lot of people use it badly, but um, I think many of our guests are, are using it really well um, to promote their their brands, whether it's their personal brand or, or their business brand. Yeah, and I can take something away from this myself personally. Um, you know, I, I tend to, I do, I do have quite a large social media following and certainly on some platforms but my mm. follow my shares have been mostly kind of educational news shares um more than lifestyle and personal so mm. um you know perhaps made a little note to myself to do a little bit more in that direction but equally at the same time it's where the blurred lines come again isn't it um between mm. personal and business and you know people perhaps making judgments which are not correct So, um, yeah, I think it does still require that courage. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? And this is obviously the first half of the share. So I'm just going to do a quick summary now. Obviously, uh, just a quick recap. Understanding finance was indeed a recurring theme. It's one I'd say it's one of the you know core competencies of being a successful property investor or developer. And uh, don't worry about it if you are not necessarily uh, naturally gifted in this area. Although I do suggest you brush up a bit. But I think you can um, get people around you. Is what I'm about to say uh, can help you compensate in that respect. But What I am trying to say is that we do need to have a firm grip on the numbers and the financing and be able to evaluate deals and uh, and our cash flow, etc. But we don't necessarily need to do it ourselves. We talked about the importance of due diligence and um, we talked about a couple of examples here. Due diligence, due diligence and due diligence. And I want to name check Lizzie Fraser here as well because she also made this point. If you remember, she she came from a, a legal background and stepped into uh, property development, but uh, she very much emphasised the need because she's she's working with joint ventures, 
so she's seeing both sides, if you like, of property transactions. So, um, yeah, the importance of doing your due diligence was stressed. Don't be afraid to sell a property. And this is not often heard of, actually. But, um, you know, it's something Lisa Orm shared. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I personally don't don't keep all my properties. Um, I do look to, I don't look to, but I always look at my portfolio and I see if there's one that's underperforming or has been consistently. And I think, could I apply the uh, the, the equity better elsewhere? And uh, Lisa obviously had the same sort of attitude. We talked about education, whether it's the capital E education or lowercase e education. In other words, just this approach to lifelong learning. But it could be formal or it could be informal. And I think that came over consistently. Having a support around us, whether that be you know from peers in networking, mentors and coaches to guide us, or at home with you know our partners and, and childcare, but basically have people around us who can support us. Then I think the other thing is we're all different. So um, you probably picked up all the guests; they've they've got different business interests, different personalities, different viewpoints. We were trying to summarize after this guy. Well, where where's the common ground? And actually. There isn't really a lot of common ground. There are some when we're talking about it, like the financing, for example, I just mentioned, and the due diligence. But they're like skills. But I think, you know, no one's saying this is the secret sauce. This is the ingredient, the route to success. Um, you make of it what you will. And I think you make it, make it fit around you, your personality, your skill set, your preferences, etc. So that was really important to, to, uh, to kind of summarize, I guess. There was this issue about balance and wellness, as I'm calling it. Um, you know, taking care of ourselves, knowing where to draw the boundaries and the limits. And I think that was made consistently. And, and you heard it in, in the discussion that Helen and I just had too. Role modeling. Uh, we talked about it, whether it was willing or otherwise. Now, a lot of people actually said, I want to show my kids, you know, the power of dreams. Some people were thrust forward by their peers. But essentially, there was this element of role modeling. And uh, a lot of the women we spoke to were role models, whether they wanted to be or not. And then we talked about some different character traits, and maybe we'll pick that up again in the second half. But um, having resilience and uh, persistence, if I can say it, being persistent is probably easier to say. Picking yourself and dusting yourself off and, and getting that pep talk from someone around you. Um, is always very helpful. And I just want to bring in a phrase, actually, that Sam Collette mentioned when we spoke to her. She talked about bounce-back ability. Of course, it's not a real word, but we all know what that means. And that is the ability to, to bounce back. And I've been coaching someone uh, recently on, who's been going through a, a property transaction, and she literally said the words to me today, it's like a roller coaster. You know, every day there's something new to contend with. And, you know, it's like a low and then it's a high, or it's, you know, we pick ourselves up, we overcome a problem. And I said, that's what it's like. You know, uh, that is property. I guess it's business generally, but it's certainly property. And there's lots of problems to contend with. And, you know, I think if we get a little bit carried away, it can get us down. But having that bounce back ability can really help. And we close off today's, you know, half of the conversation referring to marketing and social media. And many, many of our guests are very social media savvy. I think they're marketing savvy as well, but they're especially um, social media savvy. And, you know, I felt a little bit ashamed, to be honest, because I'm not that good at it. You know, my, even my wife said to me recently, um, it was, um, I think it's Father's Day. And she said, oh, just post a load of things on Instagram to say what a great dad you are. I said, I don't look at Instagram. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> and this is really bad. So um, I don't know if it's bad or it's not bad. It's just what I do. And, you know, I just, you know, I've just taken a choice. I can't focus on everything all of the time. But needless to say, it didn't really, you know, go down so well with my wife, who'd actually posted some really lovely comments on Instagram. So, yeah, I was in the dog box a little bit after that. But there you go. So there we go. That's the, that's this week's uh, part one uh, summary and recap of the uh, Women in Property series with Helen and I having a good old chat. Uh, we'll come back next week and we'll finish that off. But I thought we'd leave it there. So that's enough for this week. Uh, if you'd like to talk about anything from today's show or just talk about property investing more generally, you know you can email me or indeed Helen, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. Sorry if you heard that motorbike go past. <laughs> I've just drawn your attention to it, I know. So just once again, you can email me or Helen podcast at propertyvoice.net and I'd be more than happy to hear from you as indeed would Helen. And the show notes will be found at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. And join us again next week and we'll do the final half of the recap of the Women in Property series. And I can maybe tell you about what's coming next because there's more things to look forward to, I can assure you. Thanks a lot. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.